Good day and welcome to the Waystations Ministries podcast. I'm Greg Spencer with a light for your journey and a good word for the road. It's great to be traveling together and I thank you for coming with me. Let's ride together for a while. Hello and welcome to the Waystations podcast. My name is Greg Spencer. I'm your host for the afternoon for the evening, for the morning, or whenever it is you happen to be tuning in. (laughs) I hope you're having a great life and a great day, or a great night as the case may be. It's good to be connecting to you via the podcast and the internet. I thank you for listening, and I hope that you'll support Waystations and the various things we're trying to do to make a difference in people's lives, trying to improve our quality of our living and the experience of life to help it to be more enjoyable, more the way we'd like it to be. And I think that's the more the way God wants it to be, too. I know there's a lot of folks that aren't so sure about church or God or about faith, and that's okay. But what I'd like to do is help to clarify, and because I think everybody is spiritual. I think everybody has a spiritual dimension to them. The question is whether they've chosen it to be a path for their life or not, whether it has some meaning for them or not. And that's what we're here to do. We're trying to help improve the meaning and experience of our lives and of our faith. So one of the things that I notice is there's an awful lot of competition between people today, between what they think and what they believe. There's various polarities that people make one to another over all kinds of issues. It seems like that's what we're more eager and ready to do than anything else. Maybe we like to fight, or maybe we like to try to boost our egos or our sense of uh, security or self-esteem if we can be right. Unfortunately, nobody is right. We all have our opinions. We all try to do the best we can, and there's nothing wrong with having those opinions or those beliefs, except where it impedes, where it makes a problem for ourselves or for someone else. When that takes place, we ought to take a serious look at what we're saying, what we're thinking, what we're doing, and its impact on people. I remember from the scriptures, uh, the book of Romans. Romans was a letter that Paul wrote to the Christian community that lived in Rome at the time of the Roman Empire. And the Christians weren't always having it a great time at that point. But they were trying to make their way, being faithful in spite of the difficult circumstances that they had to face. And Paul was writing to answer those questions. A lot of people think that this is the peak of Paul's writing and his theology. And I'm not disinclined to agree on that. In Romans chapter 12, what he says is, For the, by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned or given to them. Now, what I've discovered is that people tend to harm themselves and others based on two different ways of vanity. Vanity on the one side is thinking of oneself as superior thinking that they are right, thinking that their opinion is the right one and no other one counts. The other is treating oneself as inferior, abusing oneself, if you will, thinking that they don't have anything to offer or that they are worthless. Neither one of those 
means of serving ourselves is good, and neither one of those is true. It's not good to deceive ourselves over our own sense of worth. A lot of people do that. We do that when we feel guilty. We do that when things aren't going our way. We do that when we find fault with ourselves. We're never as perfect as we'd like to be, but we sometimes hurt ourselves by thinking that we're no good because of it. That's not true. Arrogance, on the other hand, breeds faithlessness. If you think too much about yourself, then what you do is you alienate yourself from everybody else. Everybody knows persons who think themselves superior, and nobody likes to be companions with those folks because no one else matters in their midst. That's not too very good. If we are so arrogant as to think that the world revolves around us or to think that everything is here for us, and that's not entirely our fault. Our culture tends to uh, breed that, but mostly because businesses and advertisers want to take our money from us. <laughs> that's not because they're affirming us or that saying that we're that important. In fact, most of the ads that I've seen tend to make us feel inadequate. You're not pretty enough unless you get this product. You don't smell good without this product. You don't look good without this cloth or this product that we're making for you. And this is going to make it all better. You see, every ad that's on the uh, media today, every one, is designed to make us feel less than adequate until we pay money for that product. And then all of a sudden, everything's supposed to be better. Problem is that in the various products I've bought, thinking that I might be better with that, it's never worked. <laughs> I didn't get the right aftershave, I guess, because that never got any girls for me. You know what I mean? The clothes don't make the difference. The jewelry doesn't make the difference. The automobile doesn't make the difference. Oh, they're great products, and we want to go, and to some extent, we need them. But to think that that's going to somehow make us feel better, put us on top of the world, no, we'll feel good for a while. But it's not the right way to think about ourselves or our lives. In arrogance, we want to think, you know, I get brought down. I don't know how many people I've known who thought themselves super and then later found out that they weren't. Or as life changes, as we age, things aren't good as they used to be. How many fighters have we seen that want to keep fighting even when they're way past the age? We've seen that in all levels of sport. We've seen it in baseball. We've seen it in football. We've seen it on the ice rink. We see it in almost every capacity. We've seen it in skiers. Persons want who know victory, who know the joy of victory, who know the passion and the thrill of the sport. They don't want to give it up. They've had a ball with it. And I'm like that myself. I love doing the things I do. It's very adventurous. have done it most of my adult life. But as we age, our bodies are not quite as capable as they were, and that's natural for everyone. And if we don't adapt or adjust, what happens is we become despondent. That's not good. Faith requires us to accept ourselves for who we are, to accept ourselves as precious, as infinitely precious, and that we have worth in spite of some of the things that cause us to question it. It's not about how successful things are or how much we have. It's not uh, being better than anyone else. It's about being unique in the universe, as large as it is. And lately we've seen from the Webb telescope just how infinite the, the universe is. 
But in spite of that infinitesimal smallness, we are infinitely precious. How exciting and blessed that is. So we should be grateful in our lives for having meaning and worth. And God is the one who helps us to discover that. And the way of Christ in terms of love and care and compassion and consideration of others, that helps to guide us and to give us understanding about what's really important. You and I have all experienced the uh, good feeling that you have when someone affirms you for something you've done well. We've also known how good it feels to offer that encouragement to others, whether it's family members or friends, we like to encourage them. And it's always been a meaningful thing for them too. And we feel good when we do so. So it's important to appreciate our worth. Now, sometimes people want to overinflate that. And the problem with that is it tends to isolate because nobody wants to be put down. No one wants to feel less. So what we want to do is find the middle path. We want to find the way to not think too highly of ourselves or to think too low of ourselves. That doesn't help us either. Isn't that interesting? Well, the debates that we see are people's livelihoods, uh, their sense of well-being, their sense of purpose. It's all been defined by whether they succeed or not. And this is why you see in the, the political spectrum where persons just cannot or will not agree because they feel they lose if they cooperate. This is not a healthy way to be. Now, the other thing we want to think about is how we affect others. Do you ever consider how your attitudes and your words and your actions and your very spirit affects the people around you? In our day and age, most people are just thinking about themselves and their own situations, and they don't happen to notice their impact on others. They don't realize that others are watching and listening. They don't realize that the way we conduct ourselves has an influence on others, on their sense of well-being, their sense of participation, their sense of friendship or belonging. Here's something that you probably learned when you were little, at least I hope so. It was a lesson that I, I think just about everybody heard when I was a kid, and I hope that that's still true today. Parents who love their kids would might hopefully say this. If you can't say anything good, don't say anything at all. In other words, negative talk, negative spirit, uh, complaining, criticizing, debate, always lamenting the way things are, the way you'd like to see them. All of that brings down other people. It doesn't contribute anything. Complaint really doesn't help. It doesn't change the world. It doesn't change anything. We sometimes go to complaining because we think it may give us some level of influence and thus we'll feel like we had some sense of worth. But that's an illusion. Complaint only builds resentment. It builds resentment from those that we complain against. It brings down the spirit of those who otherwise were feeling okay. It just doesn't help. And I know people who uh, get around gossips and they get telephone calls or have conversations and eventually they are so fed up they won't answer the phone. It's because it always brings down their spirit. So again, what Paul says in chapter 12 is if it is possible, so far as it depends on you, Live peaceably with everyone. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. This is in Romans chapter 12, verses 18 and 21. It is possible for us to live well 
And it is possible for us to live with a sense of purpose and a guide that can help us to be positive in the midst of everything. I never want to bring someone else down, so I carefully think about what I'm going to say and how it's going to be heard. I want to make sure that they understand my meaning. I want to be sure that they realize my good intent. I want them to feel as good as possible and to feel that they've been respected and helped. And so that guides what you think, how you express yourself, and what others see. Now, that's something, too, because people will sometimes try to hide what they really mean. They'll use colorful words, and they may try to disguise, but usually we can tell if there's sincerity or not. What we want to do is be a positive influence in a world that is full of negativity. A spiritual person is one who contributes to the thought, meaning, and well-being of others. We're persons who help people to see themselves as worthwhile, to see life as good, to start looking forward in, with hope instead of dread, and to feel better about themselves. They find meaning in their lives that's not defined by pluses or minuses. It's not defined by quantity. It's not defined by success. It's not defined by popularity or wealth. It is a sense of who we are understanding who we are, and being as genuine as we can. I think most people want things to be better. It's just that most people don't want to do anything to make it better. They would rather have someone else do it for them. I don't think it works that way. And in these days, it's pretty clear that no one's very much inclined to do that. Except the people who have a good sense of peace about themselves and whose well-being is not defined by other people's opinions. These folks have a sense of who they are and what their relationship with God and with others is, and they take responsibility for that. So this is what I'm encouraging us to do. Let us be different than the rest of the world. Let us not be filled with complaint and criticism and talking about the bad news of the day. Let's not always find fault. Instead, maybe we can help others to see the good, because there's always good. There is good all around us. Now, by faith, it's a matter of trying to see where God is in our lives. But even if you don't want to claim a faith, if you think positively, speak positively, speak encouragingly, do your very best to be a good presence in the lives of other persons, you'll see the positive response that they give, and that'll help you to feel better. Living by our emotions, by our passions, by the negativity of the world around us, we're miserable. There's always another problem. There's always another crisis. There's always another challenge. But if we live by purpose, and if we live with a very clear intent that shapes the way we do our things, then we have some sense of meaning and control about our lives. And we can see how well we can be through or in spite of the circumstances around us. I like to say this. Faith begins in the soul. It spreads through the heart and mind and then comes out through mouth and hand. It always does that. So believe it or not, every single person has faith. Not necessarily the Christian faith, but there are things that they believe in. There are things that they allow to guide them. They may not think about it as guidance. Some live by their passions or by their emotions. Some live by their anger or upset. Some live by their positive spirit and encouraging word. Some live because they like to love and to love others as well as they love themselves and as broadly as they can. 
These are the ones that you find joy in their faces, you find it in their attitudes, you hear it in their words, and you see it in their actions. They know that the more they give, the more they gain. The more they love, the more they are loved. The more they share, the less lonely they will be. And this is exactly the opposite of what we're told in the ads, what we're told in the press, what we're told in the world, but it is nonetheless true. The more we give quality to our lives, the better the quality of everyone's life becomes. Whether they know it or not, whether they appreciate it or not, whether they share it or not, whether they gain and learn from it or not. <laughs> Isn't that the way of God? God gives whether we care or not, whether we have faith or not, whether we are willing to recognize or acknowledge it or not. We have life every day. And we are given the freedom and power to live it. The question is, how will that be done? I encourage us to be as happy and as cheerful and as friendly, as courteous and kind, as respectful and honoring as we can be. The more we do that, the more we'll see to appreciate, the more we'll see to enjoy, and the happier we'll be regardless of how much we get or how prosperous we are. And even the idea of success is not as important as living well through it all. So that's the word I'd like to offer to you today. I hope you find it meaningful and helpful. I'd appreciate it if you would check out our website at www.waystationsministries.org. If you're interested, I do a weekday for, uh, devotion. Every weekday morning, I try to get a devotion out by 9 a.m. Eastern, and that is a very short but very practical spiritual message to try to help us along their way and maybe even improve our day. We also do what's called the Steamworks Spirit Station in partnership with Steamworks Creative Listening Room in Gibsonia, PA. Every Tuesday night, we have a special musical guest. They're different every week, and they do two sets of just fantastic music. And in between, I try to offer a spiritual message that I hope will be helpful and meaningful and enjoyable. It's a way of connecting heaven to earth. We take the music of our hearts, the music of our spirits, the music we enjoy, and in the midst of that, we find Christ coming in and offering a blessing from God about how to live and how to enjoy much more than we have before, how to have hope for how much more good there can be, and to find ways in which to make that good happen for us, for one another, for our community. It's the exact opposite of what we see and hear people talking about. And it's the best way to go. So I invite you. I encourage you. We'll hope to see you. St uh, the Steamworks uh, Spirit Station is also available on Facebook. It starts at 7 p.m. on Tuesday night. You can look at Steamworks Spirit Station on Facebook, uh, and you should be able to find that or the Steamworks Creative page. Or you can see it on Facebook after it's completed, as we will post it online and make it available then. Or if you happen to be in the Pittsburgh area, we hope once in a while you might join us there because it is a wonderful room for listening for music and to enjoy the company of good people. So thank you for being with us and we'll look forward to you next time. Take care. Well, I'd like to thank you for being with us this time and hope that you'll join us again next time, next week when we get together for a little more time on the road together. May it be good for you all the way through.